Sometimes you just need a little spiritual guidance to help get your life back together. It can be compared to mosaic art. Many little pieces that come together to form something beautiful. Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Your host is Mosaic Shaman, Christy Ellen. Christy and her guests are here to ensure that your life is just as you deserve it to be. Happy. Now, here's your host, Christy Ellen. Hello, this is Christy Allen, the Mosaic Shaman, and as always, welcome back to the Mosaic Garden. I'm very happy to have you here today. Uh, We're going to talk about a topic today that is very important to me. Um, It is called Healing the Planet, Healing the Earth is the the name of the, the show. How important is it to have clean water? We can't live without water. And yet what's happening to our oceans is um, a lot of pollution is going on. And um, I know a couple of years ago I did a a fundraiser for the Women's Congress here in Moab. And they came in to talk about the earth and what the earth needs from us. And um, the topic of the conference was uh, take a seat for future generations. And I remember at one of the meetings they had a video that was um, being shown from children from the ages. The youngest was seven, and the oldest one in the video was 19. There were a dozen children suing the federal government because of the pollution in the water, breach of contract that we promised we would leave them a sustainable planet. And I was so impressed that these children were speaking out. They were all from all different parts of the United States. And I thought at that time, what am I doing? What part am I doing to speak out for, for them and have a voice? Um, as a shaman, I have the earth keeper rights, which means that I have responsibility to speak out for the earth. This um, home that we live in, for over a dozen years, I worked with uh, outreach, outreach programs through um, the University of Utah Outdoor Extension, and I would take children out and adults and teach them about our environment. And I would take him out on hikes and show him this beautiful country that we live in and the responsibility we needed to take care of it. And I remember saying to them, you know, I wouldn't come into your house and throw trash all over your house. And I wouldn't want you to do that in my home. And that this earth is my home. And as you can tell, emotions are starting to rise up inside of me because I really do love this planet. I love the people on it and I love the animals on it. And I love the beauty of the plant kingdom and the rocks and the structure. And we all came from this earth and we're going to go back to it. So we have an obligation and responsibility to make sure that the planet we live in is being taken care of. And I don't see that happening. I go on hikes and I pick up trash everywhere. Um, a couple of years ago, I took a, a sailboat trip to Panama. And as I came on this beautiful, pristine island, just like you see where the ocean is out there and the sand and, oh my gosh, it was blue. It was incredible. It it was one of those pictures that you look at and say, gosh, I want to go there. And I got off the boat and I walked around the backside of the island and 30 to 40 feet into the island was trash. It was like a major dump. There were um, plastic bags and flip-flops and oil bottles. And and this was so deep that I, I measured it. it was anywhere from 12 inches to two feet deep. And I asked the other sailors around that were sailing around the world, 
you know, and I'd been on these excursions, these other boaters from the other sailboats about what was going on here. And they would come on an island and they'd take all that trash and they'd burn it so that they could have this pretty front. And to this day, I wondered to myself, why didn't I take pictures of the trash? No, I took a picture of the pristine, beautiful beach, but I didn't go in and take a picture of what's really going on. And my son, who went on a sail journey just a few years ago for 18 months, said every island in the world, every Every island in the ocean, every island that he visited has trash on it. Lots and lots of plastic. And so there is actually, I've been told, an island is seven miles long of plastic out in the middle of the ocean. And this is like something that we need to look at. I have um, taught my children to respect the earth. I have taught them to go out and pick up trash. I, as a child, I've always been connected to the earth. I was in trouble many times for being barefoot because I love to be barefoot. In fact, I would run naked as much as I could when I was really little. But um, my, uh, I would much rather be out on the end of a shovel digging into the earth than I would be inside doing dishes and I had these little arguments with my mom about my need to be in the garden and connected to that so it's something that that resonated with me from a very young age and the animals I I would tell my children to speak up for the animals because they can't speak up for themselves and um, we pick up trash I remember one time in a backpack trip 20 miles in we found a six-pack of glass coca-cola bottles and I could never figure out how it got in there but we took it out with us and I would like to see us be more responsible man we have to we have to be responsible even even the animals don't desiccate in their own dens so we have to look at what's going on with the earth and this is a show that could take up many shows I understand that and because the excitement about this project of, of cleaning up the earth and this, these two incredible people I'm going to have as guests today is that they also are the topic of being the millennials. They're, they're um, indigo children. And, and we, we could talk a whole sh- show on indigo children and their ability to come in and get things done. Um, Dorian Virtue writes an amazing book about indigo children if you, if you want to research into that and lightworkers. And I believe I came into this planet, I know, as a light worker, uh, sensitivity to what is going on and wanting to create this beautiful environment. And I came in on the cusp of, of the light workers who, who came in uh, around the 70s. And, um, and then I, the indigo children coming in in the 80s. So I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of that. I, I came in, you know, you've got the 60s, 70s of these these people wanting to bring peace to the planet. And then you've got this other group of indigo children that come in right after that. And so I have a little bit of both in me. And let me explain just for a moment, since that's the, the direction I'm taking this right now, what a light worker is. A light worker is a spiritual energy being who comes in and sees the good in most everything, even when it's not there. And when this group of light workers came onto the planet it was during the time of the peace movement and at that same time there was a lot of martyrdom going on and they were silenced by the execution of people that were speaking out in public executions um, i remember coming in and actually coming in in 1962 and 
remembering that I, I vividly thought I had been here when, Martha, when uh, Martha Luther King and John F. Kennedy were killed because the stories were going on for so long that it was almost like in my head I had actually been there and I hadn't come onto the planet until after. And so there was this massive um, silencing of the voice and now we've got this new generation of indigo children coming in to cha- make change. And as they come in, they have this no-nonsense approach. And the best story I was able to come up with to, to explain to you the difference between a light worker and an indigo would be, say, you're looking at getting in a relationship and this person isn't healthy for you. Uh, a light worker would say, well, I see the good in him. I'm going to use him because I, I'm being female. And... I know that he's not good for me, but man, you know, I'm going to look at the positive and I'm going to see that he's a good person. And, and then they get in the relationship and it's not good. Now you have an indigo coming along and they see that relationship and they'll have nothing to do with it. They'll know right off the bat that this isn't good and they don't even mince words about it and they don't even feel bad about it because they know it's not healthy for them and they choose the healthy path. Um, so we have this new, what they call the millenniums, the indigos that are coming in with this no-nonsense attitude. They really don't take to hierarchy or too much to authority because they're evolved beings who understand more about where they've come from and where they're going. And they focus on the direction. And what ended up happening is a lot of people have started taking that, that they're, they're not respectful. Well, they are respectful. They're respectful for someone being respectful back to them. But they don't give respect just based on age or economic status or your hierarchy in, in any area of life. And so these are amazing beings that are coming in with these beautiful ideas to change the planet. And I have been introduced to a few of them. And I like that they really like the truth. They like to know when you speak out and tell them straightforward how things are. And they'll answer that back to you. And um, I actually have three of those in my family, three indigo children that are making amazing changes on the planet. And sometimes raising them is a little difficult because they, they didn't, they, you know, I, I taught them to speak up when something was wrong, but I didn't want them speaking up to me. But they do. They speak up when something's not right. And I'm very proud that they do that and that they are changing the world. And I brought a, a couple on the show here in the, in the past um, that you can go back and re-listen to. So I have these really incredible people coming on today. Uh, Lo, um, Nadia, she's a filmmaker from Singapore, 28 years old. And Christopher Dolphin, who is also 28 years old, is a musician from the U.S. And together they have created a video called Minjana. And I have been posting that video from YouTube, and I highly recommend you go and, and look at it. They'll be giving you the address to it. It's a music video about cleaning up this beautiful planet, and they're educating children to do that. So I'm very excited that they're coming on because they, they've taken their passion for helping the environment, and they're doing something about it. They're having a voice, and they're standing up. And um, I, when I was introduced to um, their video, I couldn't wait to find them and have them come to be on the show with us because it is such an inspiring, inspiring video. So I do want to just do a, a couple little things here before I bring them onto the show, and that, that's a little basic housekeeping, because there's some new things that have been going on in the garden. Uh, if you go to the webpage, soulheaterpath.com, you're going to see that there, there are some changes happening to the webpage. There's going to be a spirit meditation and movement retreats that are coming up on there. 
to be able to move the energy of negative energy out of the body through movement. There's going to be shamanic healing journeys and walks. A lot of those will be held here in Moab, Utah, where this beautiful four corners and spiritual area this is. There's a, the Healing Art Video Tour. The Healing Art Video Tour is I'm going to actually be going out and exploring people's um, stories about how art is, is moving them forward in healing. And I'm inviting you to go in and email me some things about how stories about how art is helping you in healing and how you've used that. And we, we, we express art through music and dance and, and creativity, even gardening, all of that. How has this helped to inspire your life and heal you? And you go in and you leave me a story. Once a month, I'll pick the best one. And I will actually be um, giving a free one-hour schematic healing from that. So when you go to soulhealerspath.com, you can see the free video, which is the video that we've created about putting the bands of protection on. I'm also going to say go in and sign up for the Serpent's Path. Let's start walking this journey together, creating the life you want. And in one year, you will have the most exceptional, beautiful life you've ever imagined, that you can actually be able to step into living an inspired life that you were meant here to do. And I help people walk that path at soulhealerpath.com. So um, there are all those things going on. There's going to be the video tour coming on there, and um, I'd love to hear some more of you and what you're doing. And if I really like the story, I'll be bringing you on the show so that you can share what you're doing to inspire the world with others. And um, then there's going to be going to see Jack Canfield in December for the book, The Four Elements of the Medicine Wheel to Living an Inspired Life. And... And then there's the healing, um, healing and adventure travel that's going on. So I am going to be taking a vision tour quest myself in November and be touring off to Guatemala to explore that beautiful country. And I'll be excited to have you hear about that and read about that in Notes from the Gardens. The show will still be going on every Tuesday here on Voice America. And Healing in the Gardens is a newsletter that I sent my first newsletter out last week. And if you go to soulheaterspath.com, leave your email, then you'll be on that mailing list. So um, we're going to talk about this problem with pollution and how we can solve it and how we make a difference. Um, I've seen it a few times in my life. I know that when I was um, in Bali myself, I saw firsthand what was happening as that trash was floating up on the shore. And I'm really excited to look at how they're working to clean up and educate people. Because I do believe that part of that is lack of education. I know I was in Peru on the train going to Machu Picchu, which is a different route than taking the Inca Trail, which I had done earlier. And as I took the train in, a beautiful Indian woman was sitting with her children. And she had two cartons of milk and a couple cookies and plastic wrappers. And as they finished eating, she took that trash and went to throw it out the window. And I explained to her in Spanish that what that was going to do to the rivers and to, to the environment and how it was not healthy and would make her children sick. So she gave them to me to throw away. What I want to say about that is that when you come into an indigenous culture who is used to biodegradable they peel an orange and it goes back into the earth. They're not sure what to do with the plastic. And I know that a lot of that's coming in to, to bring hygiene in, bring water bottles and, and you know bottles of water in to better the hygiene. But if you're not teaching this culture that they can't just throw that out, that it won't go back into the earth, 
then you're creating more of the problem that why you have to bring in um, bottled water in the first place. So that train ride going to Machu Picchu was almost like going through um, a landfill. It, it, it was it was a lot of trash. And so education is very important to do that. Also, when you're bringing those into countries, you have to be aware that they don't have recycling or they don't have trash pickups. So educating everyone on what is going on with the planet and the healing of the planet is what my guests are going to be doing today. So again, I'm excited. I see that they're online. So as soon as we come back from the break, we're going to talk to Loan Nadia from Singapore, the film maker and Christopher Dolphin from the U.S. who is the musician in this beautiful film and we will be able to hear more about what they're doing to change the planet. Namaste and I'll see you right back after the break. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. Are you a spiritual seeker? Have you always pondered the deeper questions in life? Have you looked at many spiritual paths and found some answers but are looking for more? The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse, brings you each week practical spiritual teachings and tools that promote self-mastery, higher consciousness, and the opportunity to connect with the Ascended Masters. Join Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy as we explore the universe of spirituality. Live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the 7th Wave Channel. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This is Welcome to the Mosaic Garden with Christy Ellen. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you may send an email to healingart.kp at gmail.com. Now, back to Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Well, welcome back to the gardens. This is Christy Ellen, the Mosaic Shaman. And my guest today is Christopher and Nadia, they have created this amazing video um, called Majana. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. So I'm going to uh, welcome to the gardens, the two of you. Thank you. Hi. Hi. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take turns asking questions, and I'll ask a question, and then you can take turns answering it. Um, and I, 
whichever one of you wants to go first will be will just be be wonderful. So, um, am I saying that right, Manjana? It's called Manjangan. Manjangan. M-E-N-J-A-N-G-A-N. Okay. What, Nadia? Yeah. What does that mean? Manjangan means it's a it's an island in Northwest Bali. It's a small part in Northwest Bali where we are part of Biosphere Foundation and we do conservation work on coral reefs and educational program there. It's up in Bali. Oh, okay. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, Christopher, how did you and Nadia get together? Oh, wow. Well, well, that's a great story. Um, first of all, I'd just like to say to all the viewers, thank you for having us on your show. Mm-hmm. And it's a wonderful experience to be here in the States with Nadia. She's visiting from Singapore. We've been together now for a, for one year. We met last uh, May, and we got together. We're a couple now. We got together last uh, November, and uh, we met through a mutual friend who brought Nadia and a bunch of her close colleagues and friends to a party on the boat that I worked on, and Nadia now works on as well, and it's called Mir, and Mir is a 113-foot sailboat that has a home port in Singapore and does marine conservation work. It's 110 years old and has been restored by the captain and expedition leader of the ship, uh, Mark Van Tillo and Abigail Alling. And it's been an eight-year restoration process and it's a beautiful ship. And if you want to take a gander at what it looks like, go to biosurefoundation.org. And it's Can you replace that again, foundation. And it's a beautiful catch rig, two mash, steel hold, wooden deck, and uh, we sail all around Southeast Asia doing uh, marine work. So, can you repeat that name of that where they can find the boat again? Because I I didn't quite hear that. Do a little slower sure. and and maybe spell it out. Biosphere Foundation. D i o s p h e r e f o u n d a t i o n dot org. Does that have anything to do with the biosphere houses that they did in Mexico? It has Mexico? to do with Biosphere 2, which was an enclosure designed in the Arizona desert in the late 80s, early 90s to keep uh, eight biospherians inside a locked enclosure to uh, see if they could survive and, and maybe possibly put something similar like it into space or on the moon or Mars or something like that. It was an ecological process, an experiment done. And we're actually here, <laughs> serendipitously, in the Oracle Desert, nearby Sphere 2. We're going there today to go see it once again. Oh, wonderful. So, Nadia, what brought you to um, get involved in this project and to be on that boat? Uh, what brought me is when I met Christopher, which is, he has this, good sense of energy that made me just drawn and so attracted to it. And then when I was invited to the party and then I met Abigail Elling and Mark Ventillo and learned all the works I've been doing just instantly just inspired me and I knew I wanted to be part of it. And I was so lucky to be brought onto the ship, sail with them, learn so many beautiful things about it and ever since felt this was my second home. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty amazing. It's a beautiful experience for me and very humbling as well. 
You know, I, I was reading what you wrote here about my dream is to produce and create more videos like these all around the world in order to bring art, music, and the environment and love all together. So because the program here is about using art in healing, tell me how that has affected your life, the art, the music, and and how it affects the environment. Yeah. How it affects is uh, we are about in our late 20s. So we are a generation of what I believe is we love music and art. Everyone is all coming together to music. And it's the best way to teach students, to teach kids of the younger generation of being fun instead of just being in a classroom and reading a book and studying from A to Z. But with music, we feel we can inspire, move, create awareness and it's a sing-along it's a fun sing-along where it's not so complicated and it's stuck to when I grew up learning and studying it was how I process was through music and sound and then it can be stuck to me and like yeah this should be a good way to spread love and a good message across so when we did this whole video and Christopher is a musician and I'm a filmmaker we're like this is two best collaboration right now because it is day and age the internet is all around YouTube and people love watching videos on YouTube and TV so why not create something that can inspire and be a little bit more easy understanding for kids especially in Bali and certain parts of Southeast Asia Wonderful yeah I, mm. I really firm believer that education is maybe what's lacking and if there's more education understanding of what the the pollution is doing to the planet that um that'll change that people will stop just throwing trash around um yeah yeah i i just i think we're as a people we're pretty loving people and really don't want to create all this chaos so i I know that i meet a lot that are in my circle so i like to believe that that that's what's going on. Um, yes. So, Chris, we have a question here. It, it said that you were sailing around and you saw the plastic floating in the ocean. And that is that, and how, I mean, what what did do you think about that and what did you decide to do about it? Uh, yeah, it's a great question. It's kind of the, uh, the catalyst and origination for the video. And a lot of the work we do has to do with preserving what we still have as far as marine ecosystems. But this plastic dilemma is sort of a new 21st century problem. And it's, it's kind of all-encompassing. It's everywhere on the planet, and it's not really going away. Uh, we're just creating more and more plastic, and we are some, there's some, some great avenues out there for how to venture forward and maybe make plastic biodegradable, but... For now, that's not in the mainstream. So we saw as we were sailing from Singapore to Bali, it's a 10-day to two-week voyage, and it's uh, all around the clock. We go 24 hours a day, and we have four-hour shifts each. And I'm the first mate on the ship, so I run a watch. And no matter where you are, no matter what time of day, you will see some plastic in the ocean. And in some places, you will see rivers, little currents and eddies creating these uh, these ships of plastic that are floating, everything from plastic bags to big big, uh, pieces of plastic to styrofoam. So you name it, you'll see it. And it's more, it's, it's 
there's more plastic than fish. So it makes you wonder, you know, how, how is this happening? When was the turning point? And how bad is it going to get? So as, as you get closer to these islands, you see that the plastic is then washing up onto the shore. And some countries have great methods to deal with this, and other countries don't. And we, uh, we've realized that in these third world nations, and especially in Indonesia, they don't have any ways to process this plastic. And they don't even know that it doesn't biodegrade. So one of the things that we learned was you have to change a little bit of the culture in order to make the, the leap to have the ability to tackle the problem. And they used to eat everything on banana leaves when they were, when they were you know, just one or two generations before now. So they treat, you know, a plastic uh, plate or a styrofoam box the same way as a banana leaf. And they just throw it into the ocean or they throw it into the forest. And they don't think anything of it. They think it'll go away, but it doesn't. And the, the first move to make is the education and the awareness that it is a problem and that it's not going to just go away. You can't sweep it under the rug or put it into the closet because it's, uh, it's here to stay. Yes, I, yeah, I was sharing that too. I, I watched, like I said, in, in Peru, a woman throw it out the window. And you're right. I mean, everything that you used to discard used to go back into the earth and um, to understand that it doesn't. I also remember in Peru going through the country, seeing it, that they are, they're plowing the fields with, a, with an ox and a, and a hand plow and they're plowing in plastic. It's 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 yeah. it is everywhere, and and I I came home from that trip and went to the store to buy pillows, and the woman was putting my pillow in a plastic bag, and I said, no, no, I don't want it, and she's just like, oh, it'll be easier to carry, and I'm like, no, and then I I started on this whole spill of what I'd seen where I was at. My daughter, when we got the car, she's like, can we just go to a store and you just be quiet? And I'm like, no, I, I mean, I gave everyone in line the whole spill about the plastic because I was yeah. I had no idea. I had no idea the extensiveness of this. Good. Well, don't be quiet. Raise your voice. It all needs to be heard, and there needs to be a change. There needs to be a shift in the way that we deal with it and the way that we manage our lives so that we don't use as much of it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So tell me what, what um, from, let's, Nadia, tell me from a, a, a filmmaker's point of view what, what you mm-hmm. did to create this and, um, and what you're learning from it. Well, okay, I come from Singapore, and Singapore, it's about two hours flight to Bali, and it's it's an island, but we're a city. So I've been born and raised as a city girl, and always very interested in filmmaking and camera works. So when I got on board on May, and we sailed for 10 days, it broke my heart to see more trash than fish in the ocean. And ever since i seen that, I felt so a little bit guilty as well to maybe not fully contribute, but to not be aware of what's going on with the situation. And ever since that hit me, I would just, no, we need to make a difference. I need to tell my friends back home, this is what is happening. We shouldn't be so ignorant. We should take a stand to this. And and then slowly my craft and collaborating with Christopher, it just went all beautiful. And to, to come to an island where the kids are so sweet, so content, they don't have much... They don't have, you know, an iPad, they don't have a smartphone, but they always come and greet us, smile, give us hugs, and 
then to share the music with them and to show them the video, teach them dance moves, teach them about the awareness of how much it can destroy your beautiful island that so many people love, they soon to finally understand that, hey, it is important. I must take care of my home. This is my home. I must protect it. So in a way, it's so beautiful to have film and music and art and love and the whole community in Bali just got together with us. We were so lucky that, you know, they love what we're doing. They want to be part of it. And from kids telling their parents, from parents telling their great-grandparents and then just passing on generation on exactly how beautiful the island is and everyone should take care of it. That I felt from film and music has changed and make a small, maybe a small or big difference, but it was the first step to bringing awareness and letting the kids understand that it is not right to just throw your trash in the water. Yeah, I, I, um, I did fall in love with the Balinese people when they were there. Very loving, yeah. very accepting, yeah. loving community. It was, One of the most humble, yeah. loving human beings I've ever met. Like, we, we had troubles with our bike one day, and without even asking for help, they came out and ran out with their hammer, their spanner, their flashlight, and trying to fix our bikes. And <laughs> we felt so love, so much love from a country that has not a lot of luxuries like what we have right now brought up in the city but they're just ever so welcoming to us and by doing this we felt it's a thank you for letting us contribute to something that you love so much yeah I I um I have, yeah, dozens of stories of being helped. And, and I, actually, I'll be honest, when I got on the plane to came home, come home, I cried. I cried I was leaving Bali. Oh. So it, 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 is a, it is a beautiful country full of beautiful, loving people. As I felt Peru is, too. All, all these countries are simple, back to simple to in the point where they just love people and life. And they're, they're just generously kind and to to have this pollution problem coming to them when they didn't really understand it. I feel, Mm. honestly, I have to say this, I have a big responsibility for that because I know there might have been good intentions with bringing plastic bottles over there, but there was no place for them to go after they used them. And and my opinion is if you're going to go into a country and do that, you've got to bring them the resources to deal with the trash that comes to their country. Yeah. Yeah, personal, per, kind of a personal note on that. But um, so, I wanted to ask, what do you think? And, and either one, I'd like both of you to answer this, and um, we can start with Chris. That will put a, a spin on. What do you think that we need to do as a human race to make a difference from what's going on? Mm. Wow, well, that's a very big question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's a lot, I'm sure, that I could say. And I think we all know that we are, we are evolving. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of great things that we are doing as a species. And as, as far as the plastic pollution problem, as one of many problems that are happening with the environment is concerned, it's, it's using less, I think, is... Uh, most and foremost, but first of all, plastic isn't bad. Um, in fact, a lot of plastic allows uh, the world to be the world that it is, and it allows for us to transport clean water and clean food and all these great things that, 
that allow us to be healthy and, and allow humanity to live as it does. Uh, it's these single-use plastics that are the problem. And many entities around the planet are making big shifts. And U.S. cities and countries around the world are making bans against plastic bags primarily and plastic bottles. But these single-use plastics uh, have made the world really convenient, and they've, they've actually given quite a luxurious uh, aspect to the consumer to be able to, you know, carry their supplies around and have easy access to a lot of the products. Uh, so there's a big shift with uh, companies not wanting to participate in this uh, plastic bag ban and, you know, recycled products because its business is always, uh, you know, kind of wanting to fight against the evolution of, of consumerism because it costs more money, and well, we've all seen that. But that's really where it needs to go is the, the awareness needs to shift, I believe, to being smarter about how we use these products so they don't end up in landfills and they don't end up in oceans and they don't end up killing uh, marine life and our, uh, our birds and, and the mammals and everything else that winds up injecting these products, and then eventually we inject them, and then, well, we have plastic inside of us. So it's a, it's a cycle that is coming back to kind of hit us in the face, I feel like. You know, you make uh, environmental decisions that will give you profit in the short term, but then in the long term, you see how it comes back and, and kind of hits you in the side. So uh, as a shift, we need to be a little bit more aware and spread the, the education that if you're going to use these products, reuse them. And if you can, you know, don't use them. And try and get your, your bottle of water from a, a source that you can fill a five-gallon drum with or, you know, shop with reusable bags or don't buy into the single-use plastic. And remember that if, if you do it, you can get the next person to do it and it can ever so quickly spread to the whole world. And that's what we're trying to do in third world countries where they don't even know is spread that awareness and that education now so that this generation tells the next generation and we don't have a giant plastic planet. Very good. Mm-hmm. Ania, do you think you could add anything to that? And then my next question to you would be, what do you see that the millennials, your, your generation is doing to um, heal this planet? Two parts. <laughs> Should I answer your previous question first, or yeah? What do is there anything you can add to what Christopher just said? Yeah. I would say we need really more love and anything else in the world right now because we live in a world right now. There's a lot of ego. There's a lot of greed. There's a lot of competition. And if we just have more love in our heart, not only love to relationship to family, your sons, your daughter, and that's beautiful to have, but also have the love for the environment because we are all sharing this space together. And if we can put in as much love as we can give in to our family members, to the environment, people will understand that, hey, this is all our homes together. We need to take care of it. So... If we have really more love in our heart for the environment, people will be more aware because this is our baby. And we all learn to love and learn to understand whatever that we love, we have to protect it with all our heart. So Very, very beautifully put. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. 
Very nice. Yeah. Love is uh, all around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and, and uh, so much more can be done with love. <laughs> than, yeah, uh, exactly. Than Instead of pride anger. and ego and money and greed and smartness, love. We just need love. I, I know that in a couple of places that I have lived in my lifetime, there were um, issues about water rights, and they would actually start selling more water rights than the, than the community could sustain. And I would go to these meetings and say, if you don't have water, I don't care how much money they're giving you. If you can't have water, you can't live. And I, I was higher up on the, the drainage, so when they'd run out in, of water in July, I would be one of the first people that, to have water. And um, the, yet they, they, they kept thinking the money was what they wanted. And um, I see yeah. that happening in, in the community here in Moab, quite honestly, with the, the tourism, with the off-road vehicles coming in. All the county commissions see is money. And the environment yeah. is taking a toll. So I hold space here to create a better place and, and to speak out and say, you know, this, this has to change or we're not going yeah. to be alive. And my yeah. grandson, my six-month-old grandson, has the right to be alive. He has a right to live in a world where he can <laughs> breathe and drink the water. Yeah. So I'm so happy with what the two of you are doing and speaking up. And the next question I had asked is, what do you see? Because I, I, I want to bring this up a little bit about the millenniums, and, and, I, and I know that they're called indigo children, that I believe you are. These people, young generation, called the chosen generation. There's so many names for you coming in and changing the world. Just shortly, a couple of years ago, I, I ended up in a retirement community, a long story, but I was there. And the people in that community were saying, well, you know, these kids are doing da-da, and it wasn't positive. And I would say, no, 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 because I see this beautiful generation such as yourself and, and my son who does an organic guard, all of that changing. So tell me what you see that you guys are bringing into the world to make it a better place for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big question. Okay, I guess I'll take this one first. Okay. So to make it a better place for the next generation kind of is the, the idea of your question. Yeah, what your uh, generation because, is doing. we're the chosen generation or something? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've heard. <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> and I see that. Well, I, 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 I don't know if I buy into the, all, all the, you know, the, the names they have classified our generation with, but it's an honor. And, yeah, I think it's because not so much of, uh, you know, who we are. I think that's important. It's more timing. And the world is at a place where... We have, we have a lot of decisions to make as, uh, as a species, and, and the planet is uh, it's, it's ever-changing, but dramatically so now with, uh, you know, all of the environmental impacts that we have placed upon it. And, and now, also coupled with that is this amazing technological age where we can communicate as an entire planet. So it's no longer esoteric knowledge. It's no longer that the scientists have all the information and that they hoard it and that they are the ones that make the decisions. So you take all of those influences and you put them together and you see that now information is, is, is shared and it's allowing more people to become possible influences and, and participants in this revolution. And a lot of us don't want to see the world go into a shift where... It's only the people who have 
have supplies and have resources that are going to be able to weather the storm, so to speak. And, and it's, it's this shift of consciousness that allows our generation to be the chosen generation, I suppose. But honestly, it's probably the generation coming after us that's going to even be more chosen, so to speak, because it'll be even more paramount that they make the right decisions. Um, so it's great to see that people are are noticing that our generation is making moves and making decisions and, and joining in on the big picture that we need to make the decisions now or we may not live to see the next generation, so to speak. Um, and as far as monumental shifts that I think need to take place, there's, there's so many, but really it's, it's using the, the ability to communicate as an entire planet to share wonderful action. And I think that's what we're doing right now, Chris. This is wonderful that I get to talk to you here with Nadia and she gets to fly to America and see what we're doing here. And we get to communicate with people because we can put a YouTube video online and share it with the whole world. And these small moments in life that you share in an intimate community, such as we did when we went to Bali and made this video and met this community, and it's what a wonderful story. I hope to still share it with you um, more in detail. But it, it, it comes through in the video, and the video shows the viewer how much change took place in a short amount of time with a very open community that needed some, some hope and some help and some, some education about what is happening so that they can preserve and protect what they have. And that wouldn't have been possible 15, 20 years ago. Our little video would have had to go into maybe a film festival or would have been had to share hand-to-hand and wouldn't have gotten as far as it had. But now that we're able to place that into this Internet ecosphere and share it with the whole planet and then get on top of it and share it with even more people and spread it that way, it, it just allows for creative art and, and music and environment to co-collaborate and create these, these movements. And I believe that we have the potential as this generation and the next to, to spread beautiful messages through art and music and film. And so that's what we want to do. And that's what we're moving toward, I believe. And there's a lot of support there and there's a lot of excitement because you get to incorporate so many different talents and so many different cultures and so much love for, for this planet all in one special. And uh, that's, that's where I feel like it's going. Great. Hmm. So, Nadia, what have you seen come back um, from your feedback from this video you put out and uh, that you've, yeah, you went out and put out and you've put this together hmm. and what feedback are you seeing? What changes have you already seen from that? What? Oh, what changes? I show one of my best friends, and she said, what you guys created and the whole Earth Day in Bali, that will probably change a few thousands of kids' ideas on the environment. That movement and that three, four hours of creating this Earth Day, that would have probably stuck in their brain, in their heart for a very long time, and that I felt very touched. Like, yeah, I want to do that. I want to go leave a country and know that we inspire, they inspire us, and we make a small, tiny difference, and 
we can bring back a little piece of comfort into our hearts when we go back home. Like, it wasn't a waste of an effort to go to the country and not set a difference. So what we did, and I feel we make a difference in that small community, until right now, talking about it, I have goosebumps because I want to do that, we want to do that. All of us, all the human race, we want to inspire people, and then we feel comfort for ourselves. We did good. We, you know, we're trying to protect everything else, and I want to teach you by what my knowledge and what I learned from, I want to share with you guys, and definitely I can learn so much from you as well. So, yeah, it's just goosebumps that I have and hugs (laughs) and kisses and smiles. That makes me want to do this until forever. You can just reach one person, right? And then a rippling effect. You, exactly. One, exactly. I have always believed that one person's voice will make a difference and um, mm. change so much. And the two of you together are making an amazing difference. And I really am so honored to actually have you on the show. Mm. Nadi, will you tell the viewers where they can go and find out more about your project and what they can mm. do to help? Yeah, you can find our music video called Menjangan, M-E-N-J-A-N-G-A-N on YouTube. Start Menjangan and then we have a ton of videos about Biosil Foundation and all the works that we're doing and also check out the website biosilfoundation.org and then you can see how we can contribute and what our next voyage and our next voyage would be again in Bali by January next year. So, yeah, we do need a lot of help. We do need ideas to make a new difference again, and we need feedbacks, and we need just tons of support, and we'll be so grateful to read and receive everything that the viewers out there want to help. And, Christy, this year we are uh, fixing the very last component on our ship to make it a complete restoration, which is the mast, sails, and rigging. And that project will complete sometime in January, and we will again be going back to Bali to further our uh, creative aspirations there with the Majanga music video and hopefully make another video and go around and continue to go to schools to teach uh, this uh, concept uh, about conservation and plastic awareness and plastic pollution to the schools and children there. And... If you want to learn more about what we do, there's the website, but there's also Facebook, and we also have a blog. So if you would like to be part of uh, the updates on what we're doing, we write a blog about once a week, and uh, we, we fill it out with pictures and video, and, and there's, uh, you can join our voyages to come and see us where we are if you want to take place. Uh, sometimes we have openings for volunteerships on our boat. We usually have a crew of about eight 10 people, and we constantly need help working on the ship and products for parts of the boat. You know, entropy, there's always things breaking. And uh, we're very fortunate to be able to work with cultures, but also sail and learn a lot about how mechanics work and how to, how to be at sea and see people and how to explore. And there's, there's a lot of avenues for a lot of ways to participate. So just get in touch with us if you're interested and we'd love to further that exploration. So where do I find your blog and your Facebook? What's the address Facebook, you just go to Facebook and type in biospherefoundation.org and to join our blog, uh, you go to the website and uh, you go, I I believe there's a join the blog uh, button 
And if not, just send us an email and we will send you a link. Okay. We're, we're approaching the close. Is there a, a message that, um, a short message you would like to leave with my viewers today? A message. Um, don't be afraid to show kindness. Many people are sometimes a bit wary because you see kindness is a sign of weakness. But if you show kind to the human race, to the environment, to whatever that we believe in and practice it, our future generation will have clean water. Our future generation will have fresh air to breathe and play and be free and be kids. So just don't be afraid to show kindness and love. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Chris, do you have uh, one more quick message you could leave to? Absolutely. Um, follow follow your heart, follow your dreams, dream big, and shoot for the stars because if we are the chosen generation, we better go out there and choose to be it. <laughs> it makes a difference, and I think we all can, and we all have the ability to go out there and, and make that difference. So go out and travel the world and meet these people that are making differences. And and together, it's never going to be with one person or one foundation or one group. It's going to be with all of us. And we would love to be in touch. So go out and make those connections and meet the people and be the person you want. And don't be afraid to go out and seek all of that because we all have the, the possible powers to make all of our dreams come true. And we only will do it together. So if you're listening to this and uh, we've inspired you, we want to be inspired by you as well. So get in touch with us and let's work together. Thank you. Thank you so much for both of you. And thank you for what you're doing and taking the time to be on the show today and bringing awareness to this important project. Thank you. Thank you, Christy, for having us too. Uh, This is my first time being on a radio live (laughs) interview and I'm pretty nervous. And yeah, it's such a beautiful experience to talk to you and... Voice of America. <laughs> <laughs> you did a very good job. Uh, so um, keep following them and go and look at what they're doing with YouTube, Majana, and and check it out. And so I'm going to say goodbye to you. We're going to be leaving the radio here in just a second. And I thank you so much for your time. So um, next week, I am going to be talking to uh, Dia, Dia Top. And Dia is um, a designer. She has a degree in interior design. She is associate degree in archae- um, architectural. Um, at one point during her 25-year career, she decided that she wanted to have less stress in her life, that she wanted to create a life that was more um, enjoyable and stress-free. And then she started to take this journey to find peace amid her client's chaotic life. She started to see that it wasn't so important to realize to, to have things and to spend things. And to she also woke up to realize that we spend more time designing our living spaces than our lives. And so this took her on a new journey where she wrote a book called Life Doesn't Have to Be Complicated as We Make It. She's the author of Complicated by Design. I'm going to be privileged to have her on the show to share with us the ability to live a less stressful life. I know I like that as well. And um, I thank you, my guest, again, for being here to bring awareness to this also important topic of healing our planet. And uh, thank you for listening. And we will talk to you next week. And until then, 
hold in your heart ways that you can be more environmentally conscious and namaste. Thank you for listening to Welcome to the Mosaic Gardens. This is Christy Allen, the Mosaic Shaman. Until next week. Thank you for listening to Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Christy Ellen hopes that you will join her on another journey next Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 